Back in 2017, thanks to the hashtag MeToo movement, every day seemed to have brought a new round of accusations of sexual harassment against powerful men in show business and media. Uh, people like Roy Price, who was the head of Amazon, Bill O'Reilly, R. Kelly, Louis C.K., Bill Cosby, Kevin Spacey, and famously, most likely, the impetus for it all, Harvey Weinstein. We're not going to mention a certain person in power running uh, this country, the United States of America, but if this is 2020, you can do the math. Having said that, um, we only hear about these situations because of the celebrated status of these men. And wouldn't it be nice if someone uh, were, there was a perhaps a manual or a guideline for the regular average Joe who may be in a position of some power to learn how to perhaps develop compassion, empathy, or at the very least temper their carnal urges. Could we send them to a man school? What the fuckery is a man school? about to find out. I'm Nadege August, your host. If this is your first time, welcome, and here's what you can expect. What the Fockery is a podcast about the things we hear about but don't know enough about. A series of conversations dedicated to hearing firsthand from the very people whose lifestyle, truths, concepts, experiences we struggle with understanding. The very things we should know about but are afraid to discuss. Now, our subjects and topics may or may not be mainstream, but our guests and sometimes experts are in it, living their truths whether we accept them or not. And if in that process we manage to bring clarity to you, dear listener, then thank you for being open, willing, and curious. In that vein today, my guest is known as the coach for the modern soul. He is Matthew Solomon, the author of the Amazon number one new release book, Man School, relating with women in the hashtag MeToo era. Matthew's vision for the modern era, speaking of eras, is one that is rooted in the understanding that everything is based on relationships whether they be romantic, familial, corporate, or otherwise. And from this space, Matthew stands with you in creating the life and experience that you truly desire. He's a coach and obviously an author now, and has had regular appearances on over 30 television, radio, web, and podcast shows. And I love having him on What the Fuck Are We? Matthew has facilitated healing and transformation for individuals, couples, families, colleges, corporations. He is an demand. And it's interesting that the word demand has man in it. Down with the man, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> and if we can coach with him, 
get this, his website's so easy to remember. It's like coachwithmatthewsolomon.com. As always, that information will be in the show notes. But now we're going to get mansplained about man school. Hey, Matthew. Hello. How is that for an that intro? Was, I need to, that's like my new intro from now on. Thank oh, you. yeah. Just like, you know, copy and paste that puppy. I'm going to. Slap gonna. it on everywhere you go. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, um... Man school. Now, is yeah. this a literal school, or is this just the title of your of your guideline? Well, it's the, the title of the book. I also have an online course called Man School. Oh, yeah. So, uh, course. So, how it came about is, uh, twenty something years ago, I was working with a, a therapist who asked me, "What is your archetype for like the the man that you want to be? Like, who is the person?" And I couldn't think of anybody. You know, there were the star movie stars, there were athletes, there were celebrities, there was, you know, my dad, there were relatives, but nobody really had like all of those qualities that when I thought about what is the ideal man. And and the, the person who came to mind after a whole lot of thought was Oprah. It was, <laughs> 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 Sorry. No, it was, but it was it was uh, Pa Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie to date myself a little bit. But that's who I came because he was like he worked hard. He you know was a father and a husband, and he he could like have talks with his daughters, but then he could get into fights if he needed to, and, and always beat them. And, by and always the, yeah, because yeah, he because he, he was right. Like it was a righteous beating, you know, when right. he fought. So that that's who it was, and I was like, wow, that's really weird. So I've spent twenty something years in pursuit of what is the ideal man, and it really is who do I want to be, and how do I want to be in the world, and how what's how do I want to be as a father and as a partner, and you know, contributing to society, and so. And you are a father. I am a father. Of how many? Uh, three that I know of. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but a, yeah. No. <laughs> That he knows of. Yeah, three. Oh, okay. Yeah. The three that you've claimed. That I've claimed, yeah. Mm-hmm. The teenage daughter, and then I have twin boys that are preteens. Oh, fun. So I'm like right in the, in the thick, thick of, of that. It. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other book. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. So so that's that. So when I was writing the book and I was thinking of the title and, and basically how this came about, like you said, when the hashtag MeToo movement started. Now, now MeToo began in 2006 by a woman named Toronto Burke. Uh, and then it was kind of co-opted and appropriated and all of that in 2017. Uh, and because I had always had friends who were women, I've been listening to women forever. I knew their stories. And while the amount of stories was humbling, you know, the, the, the number of stories, like I understood. And so men who weren't really prepared to deal with that would interject, would negate what, you know, women were saying, would try to justify, would try to victim blame, like there's all this. Okay, for clarification, yeah. your, these female friends, what were they saying, for example? Oh, I mean, they, they would tell me horror stories about dating. They would tell me stories about being raped and sexually harassed. They were telling me stories about, um, you know, going on dates and having to text their friend, this is the guy and this is his phone number and this is where we're going. and. You know, so I knew a lot. And actually, I mean, there was that. There was seminars I've been in, relationship seminars, where women shared how they were basically in fear for their lives in some way 
on an almost daily basis or concern for the yeah, your yeah. safety concern we, for your we safety. do have to yeah. take a lot of steps to protect ourselves yeah uh, when we go out but also in work situations mm-hmm. so you heard you've had your share of yeah stories. yeah so I had had my share of stories and so I was I would start interjecting with men and, and conversing and, and I'm very uh, diplomatic and how I maneuver around those conversations and is never calling anybody out or making anybody wrong but it's it's helping them to understand and and see from a different perspective because we all have different lived experiences and when we can acknowledge that about each other that's when we can heal what were these men saying that t- um, didn't seem compassionate enough? well so there was one woman in particular who was sharing about men in her inbox that were uh, unsolicited coming on to her, sending unsolicited dick pics, the, you know, like all different kinds of things. And then these men who I knew who they were and they kind of should have known better were like, oh, it's a compliment. You just take it as a compliment. Oh, the dick pic was a compliment? Yeah. You know, oh, they're just trying to, you know, they, they're, they, you're, you're too attractive. You're so beautiful that that comes with the territory, like stuff like that. May I share? Please. I had a rule when I was dating. About dick pics. Mm-hmm. I would tell every man, you send me a dick pic, yeah. legally I own the picture. Mm-hmm. Which means every social media available will get a copy of yeah. that with your name. And so I stopped receiving dick pics. Yeah. I had to be that, uh, yeah. that enforcer. I would share it. Yeah. I would just just so share it. But I get it. Uh, mm-hmm. You're too attractive. Yeah. yeah. It's like someone once told me, what do you expect they were inappropriate with me mm-hmm. and said, what do you expect? You're so hot. You were like dangling a steak in front of a homeless guy. Is he not going to eat it? You know, just right. that kind of thinking. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what you're saying. That, yeah. And so, yeah. And so I would... So then your job would be, you would reframe it for these men? I would reframe it. I would, you know, explain from the point of view that, that things have been shared with me, how that was inappropriate and how even if a woman is, is beautiful, that it doesn't warrant assault which i mean that's the equivalent of flashers you know which i mean there's that's illegal it is the modern day flashing isn't it and and i think i you know we think of flashers back in the day with you know the random guy with the raincoat (laughs) which i'll say something about that but then like on social media with access to you know it's 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 more than just a random guy but then you know i remember being in high school and one of my close friends telling me that she was walking down the street in Beverly Hills and some guy was, you know, flashed her from his car. He was masturbating in front of her. And, she, you know, she was like 14. Jeez. You know? Yeah. I went hiking in Runyon once years ago. And in plain sight, a couple of girls were coming up. They're like, don't go there back by, don't go down this path by yourself. There's mm-hmm. a man, there's a man pleasuring himself. Yeah. And I had gotten too far in my hike. At the very peak to turn back, and I was uh-huh. so livid. Yeah. I grabbed the big branch and I said, "If he comes at me, mm. I'm whacking him." And sure enough, I walked past, and here was this man with his bike propped against a tree, mm. full. This is like at one in the afternoon, wow. midweek, and he is just going to town, wow. flashing all the young girls. Yeah. So anyway, wow. someone called the park <clears throat> ranger. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, there were there were there is that. Yeah. But that dick pic is pretty mm-hmm. invasive because yeah. what do you expect when you send something like that to someone? What do you expect someone to have? Well, yeah. The person's going to want to come hop on it? I mean, I think that's 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 one of the mindsets. You know, it, there's there's that. It's it's kind it's a violent act because 
you know, for some men, it's it's a control thing. It's like, well, I'm going to just show you and you, there's nothing you can do about it, you know. And and there's also, like you said, there's a, well, I'm going to flash her and then she's going to be like, oh, I need to come over and, and get me some of that. But I, got, I have to tell you. You mean there are guys who literally think that? Yeah, of course. Think, I, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. She'll one look at like, my boom and she yeah, will well, want it. So, right. you know, if you look at porn, right. like, you know, the way that we in society tend to be educated about sex is we have sex education in school, which is you're going to catch a disease and get pregnant and don't do that. And then there's porn. You know, and porn is the guy shows up with the pizza and the girl's like, oh, my God, whip it out. And and so so we have this this image that this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, on I some never level. thought of it that way. You're right. We're yeah. getting two messages here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, I think I think there's something like we we somehow along the way. And if we, you know, I've analyzed this in, in the movies that we grew up with, like, you know, Re- Revenge of the Nerds and Porky's and all these coming of age movies. And, and there's this, this innate idea that uh, a woman should want to sleep with me as, as a measure of my value. And so like, how do you deal with that? It's like, I mean, that's, it, that's how we value ourselves as men. It's like money and sex. Right. And so, uh, so being in that situation, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to just do whatever I can to get her to say yes, to, you know, be turned on, which, which gets into the consent conversation also, because, you know, on the one hand, we're raised with no means no, but then what if she's playing hard to get and I got to push through her no. And then you have men that are like, oh, please just, you know, please, baby, it'll be, you know, and I'll, I'll make, you know, and trying to convince you past your no. And then some women give in because either they're afraid of the consequences, afraid of, you know, upsetting him or just like, all right, I'll just give in to get this over with already or any number of things, you know, and then it just perpetuates. So there's, there's just a lot, we're just not taught. We're not taught how to relate to each other. We're not really taught how to respect each other. We're not even taught how to respect ourselves because as men, like nobody tells us, uh, don't whip out your penis, don't whip out your penis. And, and to even spend time with ourselves to get to know like what feels good to us and what doesn't feel good to us and what's okay for us. Because for us, generally through you know our, the way we're socialized, is it's all about just getting off. We've socialized. <laughs> socialized I, this was like was, the look in my like, face of horror <laughs> must have caused the silence. Or the break here. So we're socialized with that. Uh, men are that at least. Um, so where do we, so this book started how for you? How did the idea for this start? Uh, women asked me to write it when they saw how I was interacting with other men online. Ah. And they were like, please read a book. Or, please write a book. <laughs> read a book. Mm-hmm. Please write a book or teach a class or something. And I thought about teaching a class and I was like, you know what, we're men, we kind of like to do stuff on our own and, and uh, you know, yeah, quietly I in our Yeah, I can't imagine too many guys yeah. uh, showing up at a, you know, at a man school, at a yeah. man school in I person. Have, yeah, yeah, I have done a man school live though, but, but so I, I wrote the book and, and the book, I wrote it really quickly because I had been so immersed in that conversation and it was an Amazon number one new release. Um, 
and things just kind of took off from there. So some of them looking at the contents and, mm-hmm. and I, I like it. It's pretty, it seems straightforward. Yeah. It isn't highfalutin. There is, there are, you, you're not exactly, you know, quoting a bunch of stats or experts or no. this or the other. Um, here are some of the chapter titles, folks. We've got chapter one, sex. sex. <laughs> <laughs> now, chapter one, sex, is a, is it about sex as in interacting, interactive, or as in gender? Uh, no, in, inter, well, it was well, mostly interactive, but the it, act itself. Yeah, and it and it, it it basically sets up how we are driven by sex, and how like we were talking about our sex education is not education, and then there's porn. And uh, I tell the story how I was fortunate when I was fifteen, fourteen, or fifteen or so, and I was hunting for masturbation material back before the internet um, that I found a sensual massage video in my dad's dresser. And I was like, oh, cool, this is great, naked women. But in watching it, I learned how to be soft and sensual and touch and give and receive pleasure and all of that. And so by the time I got around to my first porno video, it was like, oh, my God, this is the weirdest thing ever, and I feel weird. Oh, wow. Yeah. This porno was kind of rough. It can yeah. be rough. And what I, what I found out later <laughs> was the first – uh, porno that I saw was a movie called Tracy I Love You with Tracy Lords, which recently I found out was considered a very avant-garde uh, movie. Wow. So, so what I saw was extreme at that time. Oh, and so what okay. was it about? I, I don't remember, but, but I remember, you remember there it was, being extreme. There was, extreme how? I mean, there was there was dungeons and there like it was very noir. Like oh, they um, were trying to actually make a movie. Yeah, like, tell a story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it, and like there was a lot of leather masks. It's tough. Like it, you know, it was a long time ago. I don't. Can remember. I just say I'm glad that was not your first experience? Yeah. Because you would be a very different person. Oh, right totally. Now. Yeah. So, yeah. Good thing I found that massage video. It's interesting oh. because our first sexual experience does tend to dictate a lot of how we evolve mm-hmm. sexually, yeah. right? Yeah. Chapter two: Women are not men. Really? Mm. Could it be that we have vaginas and men have penises? Mm-hmm. And different views of the world and ways you're related to differently. And you know, you, there was a Huffington Post article that listed 35 things women do every day to keep themselves safe. And then the flip side, when I ask men, they're like, uh, "I change the passwords on my online accounts." Yeah, that's you all know? they have to do to stay yeah. safe. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, at some point earlier, you said something about we are driven by sex. Mm-hmm. By we, do you mean men? And no, I mean as a women, as, too? women too. You know, it's it's really it's what motivates us because you know procreation and uh, the imagery. I mean, you and I are both from the entertainment business, so you know, it's like everything is kind of driven that way, whether it's super blatant or not. But yeah, yeah. everything sex sells, no matter yeah. what, right? Uh, chapter three, a change has come. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is where we, the Me Too hashtag. Yeah, Me, Me Too, Time's Up. Yes. All of that, yeah. Uh, then the problems. Mm-hmm. Toxic masculinity yeah. is chapter five. Okay. Now, <laughs> as we close the book, we're that term, talk about yeah, I yeah. know. Clearly, we're going to unpack toxic masculinity. Yeah. Explain to me what that is. Yeah. I get toxicity is masculinity i have but when it's being referred to as a movement and mm-hmm. hashtag what is yeah. that yeah well i'm going to start with what it's not okay 
because uh, that's where the resistance and the confusion and all of that starts. So what it's not, it's not saying all men are toxic. It's not saying men are toxic. It, it, toxic masculinity refers to traits, actions, behaviors that are generally associated with men that cause harm or cause, uh, you know, traumas to be, to come about or be triggered by mostly women. Okay, so that could be, you know, anything from catcalling to uh, ignoring consent or pushing through a no or trying to dominate, uh, mansplaining, you know, where, you, you know, I see this a lot where women are speaking about things that they are actually, uh, they know a lot about, they're the the authority on, and some man will try and explain something different yeah, or try and twist it. Or no, put it. Let me explain it Even if he knows nothing about it. Yeah, you know, and it's and you know, so that's something that that happens a lot with men. So that's considered like a, a toxic masculinity trait behavior. behavior. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So in this chapter uh, on toxic masculinity, do you unpack what all of that is? What, mm -hmm. So you've dedicated an entire chapter yeah. just to that. Yeah, and it's and it's really the idea of, <clears throat> and actually the whole book, the whole idea of man school really is like who do we want to be as men how do we want to show up it's not about being more feminine it's not about being passive it's not a, like i've been you know All accused of yeah being like a mangina feminist you know whatever and but it's not that it's really about how do you know we as men are powerful you know we we could we from can, the physical from the physical the, to yeah. the spiritual to the um, you know we we offer a lot and so how do we want to show up? You know, what's the effect that we want to have on the world, on our families, on our partners, on our kids? What made you? Because that, I command that. Um, listeners, you might agree. On the podcast, I've had a lot of even men come on who want to, quote unquote, help women. Case in point, the love doctor. Remember him? And, and I've always said, well, why aren't there more people helping men? Why are women the ones who are constantly working on themselves? You go to a sem seminar or mm -hmm. a workshop or anything at any given night somewhere in LA, whether it be in a church basement somewhere, the majority of people there who are quote unquote self-improving mm -hmm. are usually women. Yeah. So I command you for mm -hmm. not only going there yourself, but becoming an authority on the subject as well. Mm -hmm. May I say that you are an authority? Because yeah. I mean, television people interview you and have you on yeah. segments because you're the expert. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, what compelled you? What happened in your life okay. that made it click for you? That made you go, you know what? Part of being a man is showing up for myself mm -hmm. and humbling yourself enough to go to therapy and making these decisions. Can you think of any yeah. uh, specific incident? Or I mean, it started with... Uh, you know, I got bullied a lot growing mm -hmm. up, you know, through school. I got picked on is what we used to call it before it was labeled no bullying, bullying, right? Uh, and I didn't know how to defend myself. I didn't know how to take care of myself. And so I just kind of took it, you know, or I avoided it. And then in my early 20s, uh, my girlfriend at the time, she and I were leaving a yoga class and these guys followed us home. And nothing happened like I, I was able to maneuver our car so they couldn't get in the garage and you know call the police and whatever but the next day I was like I, I need to do something about this mm -hmm. so I started taking martial arts classes 
And I was like, even along the way, I was like, hey, I'm just going to get to, you know, green belt, green belt yeah. you know, because at that point they teach us how to fight. And then I got to there and I was like, you know what, I'm going to get to brown belt because at that point I get to you know, get into this. Yeah. And then, I, you know what, I'm here, I'm black belt, you know, and then I started teaching. You started teaching karate? I started, started teaching karate. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I actually started at purple belt. I started instructing. And so being part of that, that, that cycle where I was being taught, I was imparting my knowledge to somebody else and responsible for them. And, and really it was responsible for their safety and well-being and the safety and well-being of their family. That's the, the mindset, at least that I had and the instructors that I was taught by had, you know, it's that like, we're here to serve and protect and make sure that you're safe, you know, and that you know how to do the same. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, you know, going through all of that, and developing myself there and then taking personal development classes and communication courses because I, you know, then I was married and things were working out so well. And it was like, damn, how, why is it so hard? It wasn't supposed to be like this. I'm and, supposed to be in love. Yeah. We're supposed to love forever and ever. Yeah. It's a honeymoon every day. We're just supposed to get along and, you know, have sex all the time and, you know, money, who cares? And, <laughs> you know, and when none of that was and happening. None of that, and I read every book. I read all the John Gray, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus books and David Data and, you know, took classes and it, it just didn't click. It didn't work. And then after I was divorced, I took uh, uh, another seminar, Landmark Forum. And that was really what what shifted things for me because that became more about who, actually it became about like, who do you want to be in the world? And you can actually step into that and you can create a possibility and be like, yeah, this is how I want to show up. And then and then take all the actions and develop yourself in the way to, to do that. And so that's that's so that's what happened. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. See, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's very honest to hear you talk about having been picked on, mm. a.k.a. bullied, yeah. and you turned it around. Yeah. Um, was there something about your upbringing that made you take it, do you think? Uh, <laughs> I asked oh the question, don't I? Are you going to be crying? Are you yeah, like, you are. Like Barbara I'm going to make my man cry. <laughs> Come to man school. Yeah, come to man school. Watch, watch cry. No, but no. What yeah, happened? well, what happened? <laughs> what happened? What happened um, to you, Matthew? Uh, so this is what happened. Uh, you know, my my family were is all very passive. You know. So you and were you learned it. I learned it, and and when things would happen in school, like so, you know, I'm I'm grew up Jewish, and I grew up in West Hollywood, and the temple that we went to was in Beverly Hills. And so when I would go for Hebrew school to learn Hebrew and to learn about my religion and to prepare to be bar mitzvah and all of that, uh, I went to this school with all these kids who were from Beverly Hills schools. And so I was an outsider. And in addition, I loved school. Like I loved raising my hand and having the answers. You were a nerd too. I was a nerd mm -hmm. and they hated me. So now you went to a, did you go to a yeshiva school or? No, this was, I mean, this was a, a Hebrew school. So it was like Tuesday, so, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And then you had regular school. And then I went to public, and public school. And were you bullied at the public school or um, at the uh, Hebrew school? A little bit of public school, but mostly it was Hebrew school. No way. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, so I kind of feel like I can say this <clears throat> because yeah. uh, I work with the Jewish Women's Theater in Los Angeles. Oh, uh, cool. I did not picture the tribe as being violent. Mm -hmm. Well, it was it was emotionally and verbally violent. Mm. You know, there was literally there was you know one girl 
Who, oh, wow. Girls were picking on oh you? Oh, my gosh. No she, way. She liked you. And you know what the best part is? <laughs> Our birthdays were super close. So my bar mitzvah and her bat mitzvah were the same weekend. And so that Friday night at the Shabbat thing where we're supposed to, you know, each deliver, deliver a, a, you know, a prayer. Your prayers. Yeah. Mine was perfect, and she fumbled through hers, and I was like, yeah. Your face, yeah. <laughs> but she was relentless. Like, every time I I rose, you know, would raise my hand, she'd be like, oh, of course you're raising your hand. You always raise your hand. And then at a certain point, I stopped because I didn't want to get made fun of. And then she's like, why aren't you raising your hand? You always raise your hand. Oh. You, why aren't you answering? And is that who you married? No. Well, <laughs> oh, whoa, a, a version whoa. of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, not her specifically, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you really liked her. All right, so we've gone into the ridiculous now. But <laughs> seriously, so you you learn to be pa- you learn how to be passive because yeah, your family and take is- it. And then so I would I would you know go home and tell my mom or my, or my mom you know like this this and this happened. It's like oh just ignore them they're fools. Hmm. Just ignore them they're de- jealous. You know and then and then things would happen in regular school. Oh just ignore them. So I was like, all right, if I ignore them, it'll stop. But it didn't stop. Mm, amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, you did not cry. <laughs> not you yet. owe me some tears. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. There's still time. I, I, it was coming out. I sucked it back in. Oh, yay. Uh, so then chapter six about safety. Whose safety? Women's? Yes. Or is it sexual safety or safety physical from it, physical well, it's, it's So it's creating, you know, we have this idea of uh, the provider and protector. Mm-hmm. And so, Which, by the way, I'm a sucker for man who can provide and protect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so traditionally, that's making a lot of money and being able to fight. But then there's also creating safe spaces for women, mm-hmm. you know, which look like um, creating <laughs> safe spaces for women where, where you can be, where you can express yourself, you know, without being attacked. Um, or, or being or, told, you know, to suck it up. Suck it up or tone it down or... You know, or me to interject my opinion about what you should or shouldn't be doing. Or, Mansplain yeah. my emotions to yeah. me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to tell me what I'm feeling now, fan. Or, and why you shouldn't be feeling that way. Because, because that hasn't been my experience. Like yeah. that stuff that I've, I've seen. Yeah. Where I don't understand why you're afraid to go running at 2 o'clock in the morning. Because I, I I've never been afraid. And statistically... Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. man. Oh, <laughs> boy, God, you guys just don't get it. It's amazing. But um, this is giving me hope. Mm. Um, yeah. So sorry. then, oh, chapter seven, engaging with her. Mm-hmm. So this is where you explain him how to play some Barry White and take up your brazier, <laughs> my dear. <laughs> is this, is well, this? It's, it's that. It's also... Oh, it is that? Well, Come on. It's not that. <laughs> uh, but, it, but it is, you know, there is a way to be respectful and be have a safe environment with uh courting a woman but you know that that it's also about uh you know one of the things women share with me on on uh dating apps is like when guys are just like hey what's up yeah what do you what do you do like two o'clock in the morning what are you doing yeah you know and so things things like that like like the what I've been told are the pitfalls in conversations and, and how men interact that don't work and the things that do work because it's important to, you know, this book isn't about making men wrong. It's about like how do we shift away from the things that are not working to the things that actually do work. And I've 
had a lot of experience in the dating world post-divorce that have worked. And it's like, here it is. And it's not like the pickup artist oh, stuff. Oh, it has worked, you say? In, in, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I would consider myself a successful dater. And I'm not, I don't mean no, I sex, don't. I you know. Um, I don't you not know mean... how to conversate, <laughs> to communicate. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I've yeah, had to have you know. conversations. Yeah, no, conversate is not a verb, people. Mm-hmm. But I, it's hilarious to say. Yeah. Then you've got listening. listening. Oh goodness. Yes. So I break down step by step how to listen to anybody, but particularly a woman, in a way that has her feel heard. And this this is what I do with couples. Like when I when I'm working with couples, so you coach couples. I, co- You're I coach a couples. Coach. I'm a relationship coach. I coach couples. I coach individuals. I coach couples. I also do this work for corporations and colleges where they're having breakdowns, where they're disconnected. They need to create community and partnership. There's issues around diversity, equity, and inclusion. They're not getting each other's worlds and their point of view. And and so I teach this technique as a way to bring people together. And it's incredibly effective. And every time I do it, people are like, oh, my God, nobody's ever listened to me this way before. I've never felt heard before. And when I do this with couples and in organizations, they feel that from each other. They experience that from each other. Matthew, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Mm -hmm. Would you be able to break down what this exercise is? Not right now. Yeah. But as a separate little thing for my Patreon listeners. Sure. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Patreon listeners and people who would like to hear this, go become a Patreon supporter. That's special content just for you. So an exercise that helps you to know how to communicate and engage with mm-hmm. other. To listen. To, to listen. really get somebody else's experience. Yeah. To make yeah. them feel heard and make, seen. And valued. And valued. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> we're recording this right day before Valentine's mm. Day. Mm. Mm. How, what a great Valentine's Day gift to just like sit and listen to each other and feel heard and valued and loved and understood and respected. Yeah. And, and while Valentine's Day is a good marker of like pressure, you better do something right today. <laughs> right. <laughs> better get it right, Mr. or Miss. And I don't mean the three ninety nine box of chocolates from CVS. And that, that's going to like make my ass bigger. Um <laughs> So, yeah, sitting down, but it should happen a little more often than just once a year. Yes. That's my take. Yeah. Oh, and then you've got chivalry now. Mm-hmm. Chivalry. Oh, moly. I feel like I can do, I can write a book on the mm. lack of it. Mm-hmm. I am so, I'm a sucker for old stuff. Like, yeah. I don't mind you opening the door for me. Mm-hmm. I don't mind you holding a door for me. And there are men who have said to me, when I'm so appreciative of them doing that, yeah. they said, oh, you'd be surprised how many women do not like that. Mm. And yeah. I said, who are these women? Yeah, some some women don't. They, they feel like it's uh, an attack on their ability to take care of themselves. And so, you know, and I get it. If it's not for you as a woman, then it's you can say that. You. And then and then what I but say to... But it's just common courtesy. If you are well, already at the door, I'm a few steps behind you and you hold it open for me. Big whoop. <laughs> right. Thank you, sir. Thank yeah. you, person, human. We can get along on this planet because it's common courtesy. Yeah. I have a funny story. Um, a couple of years ago. So I was on I a, like I, I was I was on a date. And it was our first time meeting, and we met at a bar. I drove. She she took a, an Uber or a Lyft or something. So we met met there. She was being safe. Yes. And so when we were leaving, 
uh, I was like, hey, you want me to give you a ride home? And she's like, yeah, that'd be great. So we were walking out to my car. She didn't know which car was mine because, you know, so we're walking out to my car and I go to the passenger side to let her in. She walks around to the passenger side of the car next to me. And I'm like, where are you going? She's like, I'm getting in your car. I'm like, this is my car. And she's oh. like, well, why are you standing there? Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, I'm getting the door for you. She was 42. She's like, no man has ever opened the door for me. I was going me. to ask you, how old was she? Yeah. 42 and no man had ever opened a door yeah. for her? Okay. Uh, no judgment on her. Fathers, fathers, men, I'm talking to you now. If you have a daughter, girls learn mm. how to be treated by men by how daddy treats them. Yeah. So daddy... Start hoping, holding a door for your daughter yeah. so she can expect it a little bit. Now, a lot of you may think this sounds archaic, Nadej, but come at me. No, seriously, I'd love to hear, it sounds aggressive to say come at me, but I'd love to hear that point of view that can make me say, oh, okay, you're right. Mm -hmm. I, you don't need to hold a door ever anymore for any woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, if you want your daughter to be treated respectfully and have expectations and self-esteem mm -hmm. those are the little things that they don't sit and think about but somehow will expect yeah. and not accept from a guy who's and, like get in the car <laughs> and i want to say you know so when i approach uh relationship coaching and and even organizations for me it's all about partnership and so in partnership not everybody's doing each other's job like we all kind of have our the things that Roles. we do to contribute yeah right and so i look at chivalry now if a woman says to me i don't want you to do that then cool i won't do that and i look at chivalry as this is me honoring you as the feminine this is this is a way that i you know feel good about uh, providing for you and so you know in in a, in a sense saying no to that can can deny a man some doing something that actually has us feel good, good about what we're contributing yeah 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 interesting point you see so if that's the case, I'm the queen of making a man feel good because you can hold my door any day, every day. Uh, <laughs> oh, chapter 10. Uh, what? Tantra. Mm. Ooh, I did a whole episode on Tantra. Oh. Uh-huh. You have to go listen to that. Yeah, yeah. I have a guy who, um, he was actually Barney, Barney's body. You know that purple dinosaur? Barney, yeah. I love you, you love me. Uh -huh. Well, that man now gives tantric massages to women for... Does he wear the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Joyner, I don't know if you're listening to this, I, but sorry. this come at me. I'm sorry. So no, okay. So what? What is it that you bring? Does he to sing the, the song after? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, the song plays in the background. I love while he's doing. You, you love me. Love you. All right, all right. Look at me picking on my forehead. I don't. Guests. Your listeners don't know that we go back. No. Uh, do we tell him how we know each other? We, yeah, why not? Okay, well, but this is like, okay, let's, right, let's finish talk this about one. Tantra. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, because Tantra is hot. How do you, yeah. whoa, hello. How do you go from Tantra? Should our listeners know that we go way back? Mmm. <laughs> oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Tantra. Tantra. A chapter on Tantra. Yeah. KSS Una Tantra. Okay. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh. <laughs> it's amazing. Like so, so in the same way that I took martial arts to uh, be able to take care of myself and whoever I was with, and to stop feeling weak, uh, I started learning tantra because I didn't have an education in sex, and I didn't really. Oh wait, you mean the Tracy Lords video? Yeah, you know? yeah, it wasn't sufficient. Right? And the sensual <laughs> massage tape. Well, the sensual massage tape got me. <laughs> 
to, you know, from point A to point B. But I was like, how do I make point C that much better? Oh, hang on. Um, men, a woman does not mind a nice massage before you get her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. got to learn to rub them footsies. <laughs> <laughs> And, and the shoulders, neck and shoulders. Yeah, oh, and neck and shoulders. especially the neck and, and shoulders, and and, and, and and the the hips. Yes, yeah. yes, and there, yeah. in some near neither regions. But can you not just go there right away? <laughs> like, wait, get yeah. it going. You'll know. Anyway, yeah. And, so, I mean, part, tantra. A lot of tantra is about slowing down and being present. And so, you know, there's all these ideas about what what it is, and those are results. Like, you know having sex for hours and so actually somebody somebody just asked me last night this is so funny she's like because she saw that i practiced tantra she's like oh my god is that where you can have unending orgasms for like hours and hours and hours and hours and i was like well that's part of it that's that's a result there's more to it yeah (laughs) there's more to it and there's things to do to to get to that yeah you don't just show up and like oh my god i'm like with my lightning bolts for my fingers like <laughs> wow! So you actually you go from telling us uh, about how to behave and not behave, and you even throw in like tantra, mm-hmm. which is a proper connection. It sounds like yeah. Oh, and look at that word. Chapter eleven is provide. provide. Hmm. So tantra didn't provide enough. <laughs> no. You know, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of angles to come from. <laughs> We're, we're see we're complex creatures. Yes, Another we are. myth about men is that we're simple. Oh, and that we're only well, women are. <laughs> I'm women shocked. are not simple. Uh, yeah, no, but, we but, know that. But men aren't simple. And, men you know, aren't. No, they're not, what, no. What? It's no. What the fuckery? <laughs> what do you mean you men are not no, simple? No, we have. Don't you just want to get laid and eat and scratch that's, that, and that's, watch football? That's what they teach us, but it's not but that's true. That's not true. It's not true. Mm. We have. Feelings and emotions. We have needs what? and desires. Yeah. But we're not able to, like, we're taught, like, you're not supposed to express that. You're not supposed to even have that. Suck it up, be a man, and, you know, charge forward, mm. you know? Yeah. And I was on a panel a couple weeks ago uh, uh, with 10 men from all ages, races, um, political affiliations. Like, it was a big It was a man session. fest? It was a man fest, a 10, ten man fest. And we started talking about what it's like being a man in society. And every single one of us were like, yeah, we have these feelings, but we don't know how to express them. And it was never okay to express them. Mm-hmm. And so, and then when we express them, it's like, it's scary because we, for a lot of us, we just know like anger, mm-hmm. you know, so it comes out that way. It's reactionary. Yeah. And then, and then. You know, for those of us who are hetero, like women want us to be emotionally available and emotionally expressive and, and have that. But if it if if it's not done in the right way or if it's not, quote, deep enough or if it's directed at our partner, <clears throat> excuse me, or if it's directed at our partner, like then then we get criticized and then sure. we're not doing it right. And, or we, we haven't put in enough time or, you, you know, put in enough uh, work. Mm-hmm. Like there's always this this judgment really that that comes at us it's complicated isn't it yeah it's kind of like adulting (laughs) it's hard man yeah okay you know my kids my kids are raised with use your voice right they teach them that in school they have like community circles where they can talk about stuff but still nobody's really taught how to listen Mm. nobody teaches us how to communicate they teach we're taught how to debate 
you know, but not really how to how to listen and just be with another person, you know, whether it's platonic or romantic or whatever, like because that's that's the other thing, you know, in, in the book is we're taught that everything we do is about sex. But the times that I've spent with women where that wasn't an option and we were just we just got to really connect have really been some amazing experiences in my life. That led to sex? Uh, not necessarily. No, oh, not necessarily. Yeah. Not, I mean... That was know. not the agenda. And, that, and, you know, that's part of the Tantra practice also is that you can... Because people think, like in the West, that it's all about sex, but it's really about being accepting of another person, being able to uh, sit in front of somebody and just be and just experience, like, energies and that sort of thing. And so... There was a rule in one of the courses that I was in that if we weren't there with our partner and we were, you know, doing exercises with other people, that we weren't supposed to date anybody for the seven weeks that we were in that course. And so what that meant was every night we would get together, we would do these very intimate exercises, which was breathing, gazing this into each other. This was a tantra other. course? Yeah. Okay. Breathing, gazing into each other's eyes, uh, having consent conversations, like exploring each other's energies like all fully clothed no sex and then we would go home not with each other but we would go home and so what for me like i left there energized and i left there with a deeper ability to connect with people that i wanted to share with everybody and so detaching that from it having to mean we have to have sex now it was incredibly liberating mm -hmm. and it's made the sex that i've had since then so much more profound because there, there's just a lot more layers to it than just like rubbing our parts together. So know? no sex on the first night. Is that a rule? Not necessarily. I was trying to make a thing. <laughs> Made you think hard though. Um, so what's next for him? Chapter 12. Mm -hmm. Cultivate your cultivate your beingness. Yeah. Your beingness. That's being heavy. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, who do I want to be in the world? I want to be a man mm. of integrity, a man who uh, contributes to society, a man who is is trusted by my friends, by my partners, by my kids, by, you know, a man who shows up that way. Wow. So, and your final chapter is on the future. Mm -hmm. So neither of us truly know what the future holds or right. will look like, but we certainly have a way, a hand in it, mm -hmm. a hand through how we raise our own children. Yeah. I don't have any, but I'm counting on you people with children <laughs> to um, perhaps impart a lot of this. Um, have you found your prototype, your ideal man to uh, be? I'm circling back to the question mm. your therapist asked. Yeah. So pie angles, no more? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, he was a good start. He was a great, mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking, you're right. He was a terrific model. Yeah, really, and that, this might sound cliche or it might not, I don't know, but really it, it, I think it's an individual creation where I, for me, exploring the qualities that I want to have, how I want to experience the world, how I want people to experience me, and then just living that. Mm. And, so yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's 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 selfless in a way. How do I want this person outside of me to experience me? Mm -hmm. And then you step into that. Right? Yeah. So if you want people to feel um, uplifted mm -hmm. after they've interacted with you, yeah. you would choose ways to show up in the world as a someone who's a 
joy bringer. Mm-hmm. And and authentically, because, authentically, because you know, there's a lot of, especially in the coaching industry, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I'm a high powered, I'm gonna, you know, and, you know, and it's just, and it's just, and it's a show a lot of times, and it's not, there's not really a lot of depth to it, you know, from from my perspective, and, and so you know, how I want people to uh, experience me is not about I want people to like me. That, that's, you know, older version of me, I'll, I'll acknowledge that. But it's really, yeah, I want people to be left with, um, there was something profound that happened. There was, mm-hmm. I felt safe with Matthew. Or I'll always or, remember Matthew. I'll always remember him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something, you know, one of the colleges that I'm consulting for, the feedback that I get a lot of times is, you know, is that. Well, you know? I feel good knowing that there are a slew of uh, colleges and soon to graduate people or mm. not who have experienced um what you're doing this work yeah. hey listeners the term self-care is thrown around a lot these days and deservedly so and i think we can all agree that mental health is part of self-care and one of the many reasons we tell ourselves is lack of time and money Well, BetterHelp.com is the world's largest counseling service. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Now, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed, accredited, and board-certified therapist in under 24 hours. Therapy from the comfort of your own space. What could be better than that? You can schedule weekly video sessions or phone sessions with your own personal counselor. You can log into your account at any time from anywhere to send a message to your counselor. And BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change your counselor if you ever needed to. Um, it's very affordable. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So get started today. And you, as a What the Fockery listener, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash fockery10. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com forward slash fockery10. In fact, use fockery10 as a promo code and discount code anytime and anywhere you um, use our sponsors. Okay, back to our program. Do you, how do you, where do you stand on therapy? Do you think therapy is something that everyone should, should go to, should have, should experience? Uh, Some form of it, yeah. I, you know, over the years I've been in in and out of therapy and worked with therapists and coaches and healers and all different kinds. And I'm a coach myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the reality is we're all kind of messed up in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I don't even mean that in a negative way, like we're hurt or broken or like we're just we just don't we you know, we we have our view of the world. Um, we have experiences, we have traumas, like I, I believe we all have trauma mm-hmm. of some sort. Um, we all have different uh, ways that we participate in relationships to keep ourselves safe, whether that means like really like grabbing onto somebody and it's like, okay, I'm going to suffocate you now, or it's the minute we get close, I'm going to run for the hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's like attachment styles, there's trauma, there's all... You know, and, and just a therapist can help you crack those a little bit, yeah. or 
Yeah. And really, and look at solutions, you know, so one, you know, one of the pitfalls that can exist in therapy is if you're just talking about the same problems over and over and over again without, you know, a, a, a mindset for a solution, like how do, what do I do with that once I identify it, mm-hmm. you know, and so that, that's important. And that's what I try and do in my work. The first step is to really listen to a client and get what you're dealing with and, and make it safe for you to express yourself. And then once we get through all that, it's like, okay, well, how do you want to be and what, what do you want to do, mm-hmm. you know, to, to experience life differently, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's something else, you know, we're not really set up for, which is like looking at how we want to create our lives and then stepping into it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, Matthew, you certainly showed up for me mm. authentically. Thank you. Yes. Uh, any guest who's willing to share a little bit about their childhood very honestly and earnestly or struggles and showing their humanity, their lack mm. of perfection, I feel is authentic. Mm. You know, social media makes you think you're supposed to be perfect all the time. But every yeah. time I've posted something where I've born my soul I bear it all mm-hmm. I say this sucks and I get more of a response because yeah. I think people are seeing me at not my best mm-hmm. and that's okay and so anyway I thank you for that mm-hmm. what are some ways that we can find you uh, or my listeners can go and dig you up other than your website which mm-hmm. will be in the show notes um, Follow you on what the Twitters yeah, and the handles. All of that. What I are mean, they? What are your handles? Do yeah. You know them? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, the website has has all at coachwithmatthewsolomon.com. Uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, Coach with Matthew Solomon, and then Twitter and Instagram are Maddie the Glue. Which <laughs> Maddie the Glue. Maddie the Glue, which comes from back when I was in the music, uh, when I was playing in bands. They used to call me the glue. They used to call me Maddie, and then they called me the glue, and then it became Maddie the glue. You don't play in bands anymore. Uh, no. No. What, no. what was your thing? Uh, guitar and bass. Oh. Yeah, I still have them, but I. Yeah. You don't even break them out and occasionally terrorize your yeah. neighbors. You'll, you'll, you'll. Yeah, there's some videos of me floating around on YouTube playing, <laughs> playing uh, Soundgarden covers and Radiohead and wow. all of that. And then I'm on TikTok as the relationship guy. You know, I saw this story from you on TikTok today uh-huh. where you were dancing like a maniac. Like, what yeah. was that about? You just yeah. felt like dancing? I just felt I needed a break. And you know, like, oh, you do make it. me feel like <laughs> dancing. And I love to dance. Like, that's the thing people don't know about me unless people really know about me. I love to dance. Well, if you play an instrument, I'm hoping you like to move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what can I say? Matthew, how do you say bye-bye to your kids? <laughs> You just say bye. Say, love you. Bye. Be good. Love you. Be good. Bye. Love you. Be good. Bye, listeners. You can tell them goodbye, too. Say them back. Say, yeah. Tell them you love them. Tell them to be good and say goodbye. <laughs> Pretend my listeners are, are children. my children. <laughs> I love you. Be good. Bye. Bye. Okay, maybe not, not quite by yet. If you know someone who might enjoy this topic or this episode, why don't you just forward it to them right now? Share, help us grow our community. And uh, check out the Instagram, follow us on Instagram at WhatTheFockery to see what our guests look like. I'm sure you're pretty interested sometimes. And um, the videos and the stories and previews and clips We are growing, we are growing, and I have you to thank for that. Now, officially, till we meet again, next episode, same place, same station? No, not a station. Okay, see you next time. Bye!